0: This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, and bring up anything you want here at 855-450-FREE. That's one 450 3733 You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, they're totally free. Unlike those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their websites, we do it free at freetalklive.com. You actually get to control the content as well. So when you see something online that you decide should be shared ...with Free Talk Live's hosts and other listeners, you can submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. It will then appear on the upcoming stories page on our website, and at that point will be voted upon. It will receive uh, If it receives enough upvotes, it will make it to the front page of the site. So do get interactive at freetalklive.com. With you in studio tonight, it is Ian. And Daryl. All right. Uh, Daryl is joining us from fpp.cc. dot C That's his website. And we're going to start things out here this evening with some reflections. Uh, One of our listeners, uh, Davi Barker, who is also known as the Muslim agorist, he's got himself a website at muslimagorist.com, recently went on his hajj. Are you familiar with the hajj? Yes, I am. A little
1: bit. And I've actually heard Davi speak about the hajj. Oh, really? He was on the Ernest Hancock show just a few days after he got back. And it was a very interesting story that I heard him recount. I have not heard this. I've heard that, but I haven't read this article. Okay.
0: All right. So, yeah, I'm going to share this uh, with you here. It's from Patheos, P-A-T-H-E-O-S dot com. And uh, and let's see. It's in regards to the Hajj, which is, for those that don't know... Uh, it's a religious duty that should be carried out by every able-bodied Muslim who can afford to do so at least once in his or her lifetime. It's uh, it's a it's pilgrimage. It's a
1: pilgrimage to Mecca. Yes, and also there's another city,
0: Medina, I believe. Okay, I didn't know that they went to Medina for uh, for the Hajj, but uh, yeah, there there are actually several parts of the Hajj. Mm-hmm.
1: The most famous is where they walk around. Seven times around uh, the Black Stone. I forget the name of it. Yep.
0: The Kaaba, I think.
1: Yes, yep. that's it. And then there's also another part where they go, I believe, to Medina for a ritual.
0: Yeah, it does say that here. I'm looking at the Wikipedia piece on it. And that is, uh, it says some pilgrims choose to travel to the city of Medina. Um, anyway, it's it's a big deal. Like if you're a Muslim. Going on your pilgrimage is a big deal. And there
1: are millions upon millions of Muslims that
0: do the Hajj every year. Right. So this was his uh, first one, and uh, he is reflecting over at uh, at Pantheos.com. Uh, so he just returned recently from his pilgrimage, and he says, writes the following. I recently returned from the Hajj, uh, from Hajj, the Islamic pilgrimage to Mecca, and I've been thinking a lot about a prophetic saying that's very common and well known among those pursuing social or political change. It is reported that Prophet Muhammad said, quote, "Whoever among you sees an evil action, let him change it with his hand by taking action. If he cannot, then with his tongue by speaking out. And if he cannot, then with his heart by hating it and knowing that it is wrong. And that is the weakest of faith." Unquote. He says, "I'll call these three doers of good activists, advocates, and quietists." The activist position is that change must occur immediately, as in a revolution. The advocates' position is that change must be spoken about, written about, studied, and taught. And presumably, at such time when a groundswell of activists is possible, change occurs. And the quietist position is simply that evil must be patiently endured until such time as change occurs by some outside agent. I would argue that the majority of the population are quietists. But there is great tension in the quietist position because it necessarily means that the heart is in a state of hatred nearly all the time. When surrounded by unchangeable evil, all day, every day, hatred becomes a constant remembrance in the heart. Like a dull pain, it tells you that the heart is alive when it despairs at witnessing evil. And we've heard recently, just to interrupt here for a moment, uh, on Free Talk Live and over the years on these airwaves, and even I've been guilty of it in the past, heard a lot of hatred and a lot of uh, what that leads to, which is the desire to lash out, the desire to to use violence in an attempt to change the world uh, around us. We had Lauren call from New York last night, and I believe a couple nights before that, who was advocating such a position because... You know, it is frustrating to look out there and observe all of the terrible things being done by man to his fellow men and uh, and feel helpless, to feel powerless, to do something about it, and and to feel alone as well, uh, to feel uh, cornered. And a lot of people get really angry because they think that they can't
1: do anything to change what's going wrong.
0: Can't fight City Hall, Daryl.
1: That's what people say. Right. And, but they, there are cliche. a lot of people that they get angry and then they start spouting, you know, the violent rhetoric. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, they're angry because you, quote unquote, can't fight City Hall. Yep. But they're the first to advocate actually going
0: out and violently fighting City Hall. Indeed. And how many times has that actually panned out? I mean, we saw the the guy with the killdozer who built his own tank basically he ended up uh perishing there was another dude that went into a city council meeting and blasted the the mayor and another city councilor uh with a firearm then uh let's see what else was there there's a few others uh, you know guys who thought that they could somehow change things there's actually a guy here in troy new hampshire that uh, bulldozed down portion of the uh, the police department i am not familiar with that yeah the whole front of the police department was missing a few years ago because this guy went downtown with a with a bulldozer and <laughs> and took him out he didn't hurt anybody, thankfully, in the process, but you know, he did a lot of damage. He didn't shut the town down. Of course not. And none of these things will, will stop the government. No, no violent action is going to stop them. They're prepared for that. They train all the time for these sorts of things. They have bear cats and, uh, and other devices and uh, you know, special tactical training to make sure that they're able to handle you know people causing trouble like that. And then even if someone were successful
1: in destroying every government building, the government would still exist because they would find other locales to meet and do their horrible,
0: evil deeds. Indeed. And the government exists. It will, would continue to exist because people believe in it. Ultimately, that's why we have what we have today is because people believe in government and they, or the, they believe in the state and they believe that it's necessary. They believe that the idea of a violent monopoly is something that is necessary for society, that, uh, that it, without the government, things would be even worse, that there would be chaos in the streets. Well, I, I was talking to one of the local
1: activists last night. And said, if by some chance the federal government actually decided to follow the U.S. Constitution, your average person would think that it was anarchy. Hmm. Because the federal government would no longer be building roads, which they didn't do until, I believe, the 1950s. Okay. I thought it was the late 1800s, but yeah, they didn't do it for a long time. Well, they, the interstate highway system came about late 40s, early 50s, okay. I believe. Yep. There may have been some roads that were being built under federal funds in the 1800s. My guess is that somehow all of those fit under postal roads, which the Congress is authorized to do under the Constitution, Mm -hmm. but just general building of roads is not something that they're authorized to do. So if it was a much smaller government, even... 10% of the current size which would still be very large.
0: People would think there would be anarchy. And of course people don't understand uh, what that term means. They they equate it to chaos and that's a whole other discussion. But let me get back to uh Davy's post here and uh, he's continuing on about his you know, position on where people stand as far as the evil that they experience. And he points out that, like a dull pain, it tells you the heart is alive when it despairs at witnessing evil, for those that just keep quiet and just watch quietly as evil is perpetrated on their fellow um, humans. He says, so I would posit that this narration also implies its own opposite, its reversal, its contrapositive, which is that when one's heart grows weary of hatred, as it is wont to do, it becomes a quietest for evil which simply means that it accepts evil as it is and no longer longs for change by some outside agent. The quietest for good will love to hear advocates for good. For good, They keep their heart alive, just as witnessing the activist for good keeps the advocate's heart alive. But the quietest for evil who accepts evil and does, uh, does not desire change will grow to hate advocates and activists for good. We'll continue his thoughts here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. You're welcome to bring up your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you would like to support Free Talk Live, one thing you can do is go and get yourself a free bumper sticker. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. There are flyers that you can print out, high-resolution graphics that you can utilize to make whatever it is you would like. Uh, We've got web graphics as well for those of you that would like to put up a banner perhaps on a website or blog. They're all over there at promote.freetalklive.com. We're sharing with you uh, something from Davi Barker, who is the Muslim agorist. And I believe Davi is a member of the Free State Project. I, know, I believe he is. Yeah, I know, I've, I know I've met him at a Free State Project event. I he was, was at Porkfest Pork this past summer. Right. So uh, I'm going to presume – I think that he is. Anyway, the Free State Project is your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. He's talking about uh, some of his reflections from his Hajj, his pilgrimage to Mecca as a Muslim. Uh, and he's talking about the quietists, the people that just kind of keep quiet and they just observe all the evil that's being perpetrated around them. And if you want to get away from those quietists, there is a much larger mix of activists and advocates here. There is a a much larger mix. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the Free State Project. There are over 13,000 people that have pledged to make the move to New Hampshire to be activists for liberty. And uh, we want to reach 20,000. We want to get 20,000 people here to be active for Liberty. And of course, that you know, also means that more people who are here in New Hampshire will be inspired by the action that they see and get involved, as we've certainly seen happen here uh, in Keene and I believe over in Manchester uh, as well certainly the Concord area, Uh, but to see locals get inspired and to see them get active means we'll have even more than 20,000 activists when uh, the time comes, and that time is coming. As I said, over 13,000 thus far. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more. If you love freedom and you're willing to actually do something about it, you're sick and tired of being quiet, you should do something and get together with other people. People like you and I, Daryl, you moved, what, early this year? In Early April. 2012? Yeah. So springtime of this year, not quite on your first year here in uh, New Hampshire. Reflecting back on uh, 2012, what do you think? I mean, pretty good? Good choice? Yes. Good choice. Excellent. Uh,
1: I, I'm definitely happier here. Excellent. Than where I was. I might not be making as much money as I have in the
0: past, mm-hmm. but money does not buy happiness. It's That's a good point. And... A lot of people kind of have to take a bit of a cut, uh, you know, when they make a big move like that. You you lose all of your connections. You know, you don't have the the who's. You're not the who's who anymore. You're the new guy uh, in the area, and you know it can be tough to to kind of put down roots at that point. And, and a, a number of folks who've moved here have found themselves in better financial situations after a few years of of being here, you know, being able to make connections with people in the community, uh, being able to just have the time to look for better work and that sort of thing. So it can take some time. Yeah. Glad to hear that uh, that it's working out for you. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more. So we're talking about what uh, Davi describes in his article here at patheos.com, and apparently you discovered, Daryl, there's actually a series of them uh, that he has written.
1: Uh, I found a total of two other articles, and we'll touch on those
0: here in a bit. Reflections from his hajj. He's talking about the quietists, the people that just quietly watch as evil is perpetrated. And he points out that he believes that eventually the quietist for good can turn into a quietist for evil, and he explains that. Uh, let's see. He said that he would posit that th- that this could happen. The quietest for good will love to hear advocates for good. They keep their heart alive. Just as witnessing the activist for good keeps the advocate's heart alive. But the quietist for evil who accepts evil and does not desire change will grow to hate advocates and activists for good because they expose what is corrupt in the quietist's own heart, what they conceal from others and seek to conceal from themselves, which is that they are hypocrites. The greatest danger is that a quietist for good and a quietist for evil are outwardly identical. It's only an inward posture concerning what they love and what they hate. They may even be deceived themselves, but they do not reveal themselves until they speak. If the quietest for evil remains in this state, eventually their hatred for the activists and the advocates for good will grow until they speak out against good in defense of evil, becoming an advocate for evil. This will be subtle and coached in the language of the good, or couched, I think you might mean. They will say that evil is necessary or that it is for the greater good. We've heard all these excuses oh, from yeah. the people in the government and the people that support them. Uh, I'm actually thinking, uh, reading that last paragraph,
1: it actually put to my mind one of the local police officers who actually s- claims that he agrees with us 80% of the time, mm-hmm. but yet he still continues to be on the drug task force. right. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yes, he's featured in uh, Derek J's victimless crime yes. spree. He, he's definitely a quietist, borderline advocate for evil.
0: Well, he's an him, and he takes action. So, I mean, he would be an activist. A, a police officer that is doing evil would be an act. An activist for evil. Again, they may not realize that what they're doing is evil because it's their job. They've been told it's okay. You know, there's this hierarchical structure that they're a part of, and it's always been that way. And, and it's, it's so, for the
1: greater good,
0: right? And and yeah, right. These are stories that they tell themselves. I don't think most people who are doing evil out there realize the consequences of their actions. They realize what it is that they're bringing about or the per- that they're perpetrating on their fellow humans. Anyway. Gdavi continues. He points out how these folks can move along this spectrum and become activists for evil. For example, he says, When entering the Prophet's Mosque in Medina for Friday prayers, I was confronted by a Saudi officer who wanted to search my bag. The police officer is an activist for evil. He's actively violating the privacy of Muslims, which the Prophet never did, as an agent of a satanic regime. He undoubtedly tells himself that he is good, that his job is necessary, or for the greater good. But I believe in his heart of hearts, the truth is written, if only he'd look. Indeed, he would call it evil if I insisted on searching his bags under threat of expulsion from the mosque. So when I approached, I became a witness to evil and had to decide if I would be an activist, an advocate, or a quietist. An activist would most likely be expelled, maybe even deported." To sacrifice one's entire pilgrimage to avoid a petty tyrant didn't seem prudent to me, but I would love someone who did. The vast majority of people are quietists, but whether they are good or evil remains hidden. Being an advocate in this situation is delicate work, because I was being ordered to act and I responded by speaking instead of acting. The trick is remaining calm in the face of an authoritarian who invariably starts screaming when challenged to think. I protest, refused, and began asking questions, but the officer didn't speak English, And I don't speak Arabic. (laughs) Speaking against evil in a foreign tongue seems nearly futile, but I demanded a translator. So the officer yelled into the crowd and another pilgrim appeared who spoke both languages. This was not an agent of the state. This was a civilian volunteer. The translator is a quietist at first, as nearly all the crowd is. Quietists make the best subjects and slaves. And if he only translated, he would have remained an undifferentiated quietist, but he chose to interject his own commentary... And he became an advocate. As I asked the officer questions, the pilgrim didn't translate but answered for him, telling me that these searches were normal and that the officer was just following orders. So he's making excuses for what the police officer is doing here. We'll continue in moments. 855-450-FREE. More with reflections from the Hajj. In this case, it's Dobby Barker from the Muslim Agorist at muslimagorist.com we'll come back with more and your thoughts certainly welcome you can take control of the airwaves free talk live 855-450-FREE
3: are you a fan of fear liberty and good conversation do you support freedom peace and voluntary interaction are you looking to meet others who think like you don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.LibertyOnTheRocks.org.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want here. Toll free at 855 free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Enjoy at freetalklive.com. And you can go and get interactive as well. The bulletin board system awaits you. bbs.freetalklive.com. will take you over there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you Bicycle CAI. They have a full orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. Sacle knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. We're going to get into your phone calls here in a moment. Uh, Just want to bring you back up to speed on what we're discussing. The Muslim agorist, of course you can call in about anything, but Davi Barker, the Muslim agorist at muslimagorist.com, is writing over at patheos.com about his experience Uh, His reflections from his Hajj, the pilgrimage to uh, Mecca. And what he's talking about is the three different types of people, as he categorizes them. And I think he does a good job. Activists, advocates, and quietists. Activists, those who actually take action. They do something besides speaking uh, about the evils that they see perpetrated around them. The advocate, the person who speaks out, is willing to be heard. Uh, on the issues of the things they consider important, uh, and the quietist who just simply quietly observes and is angry about uh, the evil that is being perpetrated, and he points out that they can also exist on the other side of the spectrum, on the evil side of the spectrum, so the quietist for evil who quietly takes pleasure in evil uh, being perpetrated, uh, or makes you know, and then the uh, the advocate who makes excuses for it. And the activist who actually perpetrates it. So he's in a situation where he's up against an an activist for evil. Someone who, in this case, is a Saudi police officer who's attempting to check his bag before uh, allowing him into a certain area on on his hajj. He speaks out against it, but he can't speak uh, Arabic. So someone else uh, comes up from the crowd. Another person on their pilgrimage uh, speaks up and instead of just translating he became to uh, he became an advocate for evil making excuses for the officer telling uh, Davi that the searches were normal and that the officer was just following orders and by doing this he became in a very subtle way an advocate for evil not an impartial translator but a partisan in the disagreement he reinforced the resolve of the evil activist and diminished the resolve of the good advocate in other words he hated to witness someone speaking out against evil that he that it, that he at least tacitly accepts. And we've seen these people in our lives as well. They constantly come on uh, blogs and post comments. Sometimes in real life, they'll have the uh, the cojones to actually say something to you. Um, And I don't know, do you count somebody who posts anonymously from behind their computer screen as an advocate for evil?
1: You know, that's a very good question. At the same time, could you count the ones that post pseudo-anonymously online in opposition
0: to evil as an advocate for good good point i would say that i guess you could but uh, they certainly don't count as much as those people who are putting their names behind what they're saying and i think that there are a number of people online who uh, hide behind their keyboards Uh, i think
1: it was earlier this year when adam kokesh was going around talking to the occupy dc folks Mm -hmm could have even been last year and there was one of the guys that adam encountered several times over the course of you know the weeks or months that he was going out and the guy made a comment about uh the internet libertarians yes so you know I guess there are some people that think that all libertarians are only on the internet doing things and that we don't ever actually leave the basement.
0: That's an understandable uh, position. I mean, because for the most part, libertarians don't do much. I mean, they get together every now and then. I remember what it was like in Sarasota, Florida, where I'm from. Uh, you know, we got together once every week, I think it was, and had some, you know— some drinks at a local watering hole and had some conversation every now and then would do some outreach but uh, beyond that there wasn't any real impact that well was had. that
1: was big l libertarian
0: the libertarian party is what you mean by, yeah. by big l libertarian uh, that's yeah, right small l
1: Libertarian is people who agree with libertarian ideology
0: right uh, but i mean right so the difference here is those who agree and those who do But even those who did weren't really doing much. So I don't blame anybody for thinking the libertarian movement is for the most part an online movement of people that don't do anything besides go out to a Ron Paul speech every now and then. Can't blame them at all for thinking that because to to me, that's what it looks like unless you're in New Hampshire, where there really is an actual movement, where physically people are moving to New Hampshire. It's, yes. it's really a movement, and, uh, and you actually have the statists, the advocates for evil, the advocates for statism, uh, actually pretty upset. You know, they're, not too, they're not too cool with the idea that New Hampshire was selected, because every, everybody who's in a position of power enjoys their little fiefdoms, and they don't appreciate having uh, activists show up and, and ruin their little uh, game. And yeah, that's what's and happening here. Speaking of
1: uh, people who love their little fiefdoms, Evelyn Hubble, who is the local register of deeds until uh, the end of her term, actually had a letter to the editor published in the local newspaper today. Now, this is she, a lady
0: that's been working there for 38. She's been, what, 38 years? Uh, or she's like been that? in the
1: office of the registry of deeds for 41 yeah. years. So since she, she was has a young woman been the register of deeds for 38 years. Yeah. Apparently she will be running again in 2014 because right, she finally she just lost. loves getting the $54,000 year paycheck. Oh, it's got
0: to be the power, right? There must be some power in that job, but anyway, yeah, let's go to the phones. Some. We've got uh, I believe Adam is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Hey Adam. Hey guys, how's it going? What's on your mind, sir? I just wanted to address
2: something I heard on last night's episode, uh, and it kind of ties into this discussion, um, and can wrap around to how we address our actions and our words uh, in reality. Um, mm-hmm. You have a regular caller named Lauren in New York, uh, often calls in, it sounds like he's fearful and uh, yes. doesn't know what to do. I think he's frustrated, you know what I mean? Um
0: He's definitely fearful, and I, I, fe- I have a feeling that comes from listening or watching uh, conspiracy theory people. He's usually calling about some sort of conspiracy theory, and those people really perpetrate the idea that you know everything's being controlled by an evil group of people who's uh, poisoning your water, they're poisoning the food, they're poisoning the skies, and there's just all kinds of negativity and paranoia surrounding that. But yes, I agree.
2: Uh, definitely, and uh, on last night's episode and a uh, recent one, he he's got these calls for revolution, and when, what he means by that is, you know, using violence on others to achieve what he calls liberty. And uh, last night he uttered the words, "I don't want peace," or something he like that. He did at the very you know? end of his call. Yeah. And uh, so, just tying into this discussion, your Tombo, now I would contend that. I say this with understanding because I know he's frustrated. But I would contend he is an advocate for evil because yes. he doesn't want liberty if he doesn't want violence. Or, I mean, if he wants violence, you know what I mean. If he doesn't want peace, uh, right? I think peace is the measurement of liberty. So I, I would contend he's just another tyrant. And I, I agree. Like he's I said, part I of the problem. With understanding,
0: absolutely. I think he's he's absolutely so, uh, part of the problem.
2: So uh, in. Um, he might be, well, what can I do about that? And he might, he'll probably call in tonight. I I apologize ahead of time for that because of that. But, uh, I think these conversations need to be had to strike the root, bring it back, uh, to peace. You know what I mean?
0: Right. I I mean, Um, most people want peace, don't they? Most people claim to want peace. Isn't that the reason that most people go to war because they believe that it'll somehow bring peace?
2: Oh yeah, certainly, uh, and like what Daryl just touched on, most people claim to believe in freedom and peace and justice, and then um, we wonder why we're in a, a backwards world when, I mean, they don't look within themselves to change the way they think, change the way they act, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I really think that's why it's so backward, is because everyone exports their, uh, their fear, their blame on outside influences like the New World Order or just, you know, the government as a whole and don't look with us right it's everybody else that's
0: the problem not me right yeah
4: thanks and for the call adam I say the it, things man. like "free." isn't free
0: if you want to hang on and continue your thoughts here in a moment 855-450-FREE the SACL CAI toll-free line this is free talk live
5: are you looking for camping hunting survival or shooting gear manventureoutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices ammunition, knives, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and has the lowest prices. Go check it for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. All our features on the site are free. Unlike a lot of those talk shows, that want to charge you for accessing their sites. Enjoy it over at freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. Daryl's here courtesy of fpp.cc. And what is that,
1: Daryl? That is the website for free press publications. Free Press Publications being the independent alternative news, media, and publishing company that I own. Mm -hmm. We put out a monthly newspaper. We have a weekly podcast that is heard on LRN. And there is also books that are published by FPP. The newest book comes out one week from tomorrow. wow. Cool. And in an attempt to sort of get people interested in the book Mm -hmm. me and serena beck who's a local native and somewhat activist uh she did the illustrations we have decided to raffle off the illustrations of the book excellent so tickets are very cheap you can go to raffle.fpp.cc and I'm doing a promotion. Everybody that gets raffle tickets before noon on Sunday, okay. if you get 12 tickets, I will give you 18 tickets, plus you get an autographed copy of the book. So you get a total of 30 tickets? No. No. You get 18. You're getting six free. Ah, okay, gotcha. Purchase 12, you get six free for a total of 18. And autographed copy of the and book. And an autographed copy of the book But for you gotta $10. go... To raffle.fpp.cc
0: Before Sunday at noon. Before noon Sunday, Eastern, Eastern time. All right, very good. raffle.fpp.cc Let's continue with you and your thoughts. Jay Noon's on the line, listening in Massachusetts. Hey, Jay Noon, you're on Free Talk Live.
6: Hey, Jim, hey. I, uh, I was in court today over where you're going to be Monday.
0: Yep, that's right. And I had a really good day. Uh, I ended up
6: um Uh, a prosecutor, someone I think you'll be able to work with over there. Uh, I went round and round with them and I demoralized them a whole bunch for you today. (laughs) I actually, I had a blast. Um, I, I explained to the prosecutor that I'm not a statutory man. I'm not one of these state fiction, that I'm not taxable, that I am, uh, uh, I didn't hurt anybody, uh, and nobody's claiming I hurt them, and, I didn't, and I'm not a party to any contract. And he said, oh, I agree with you on that. And I said, excellent. And we agree. Well, wait
0: a minute, wait so, a wait, minute. Wait, wait. What, what are you in court for? What's the charge?
6: Oh, two two different counts of, of operating after revoked.
0: Okay. Um,
6: I have a, a little issue with the um, registry. Actually, the registry of motor vehicles is an issue with me. I have no contractor, no dealings with them, and they just feel like they can put this thing out on me that says, hey, you can't operate a motor vehicle on a public way. Well, I don't operate. I travel. The word (laughs) operator was was converted from the word chauffeur in 1912 in Massachusetts.
0: Now, uh, we've heard these uh, claims before, Jay, and, uh, you know, a lot of people make these claims about, oh, well, you know, the statutes don't apply to me, and operate, you know, is different from driving, and a motor vehicle is different from a car, like, they're legal terms, and they have very specific legal definitions, and it's all very interesting, but no one has ever, you know, claimed to actually try to use these, or claimed to have had success. You're saying you had the case thrown out? Oh,
6: yeah, I had the case thrown out, and not exactly on those merits, because... I never even get that far. What I did was uh, is basically I got him to agree with me that I didn't hurt anybody, that I have no contract with the state, and that I'm not statutory because statutes can only apply to creatures of the state, government employees and those who contract with the state. That's
0: it. Now, what about somebody that, that commits murder? I mean, that. the the first question somebody's going to ask is, like, well, what about somebody who commits murder? I mean, that's outlawed in the statutes, and surely you wouldn't say that just because you, you know, didn't consent or aren't a creature of the state uh, doesn't mean that they don't, uh, you, you know, you wouldn't be able to be held accountable for hurting somebody, right?
6: All right. As the statute's concerned, the word man or woman is only mentioned in that specific, in, in a charge such as murder and rape. They talk about the, the entities being man or woman. All the other entities are legal entities. The word person is used.
4: Hmm, interesting.
6: All, all somebody's got to say is, hey, Jay Noon murdered my friend, or Jay Noon hit me with his fist, or, or whatever you want to say.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: And then they have probable cause under a whole different form of laws called the Constitution. The only purpose of government is to maintain and protect the rights of the individual. Yeah. It says that right in the Massachusetts Constitution. So, but when they're when they're applying statutes the way they do, motor vehicle stuff, the police officer is a private contractor for the registry of motor vehicles. That's the capacity he's acting in. I didn't hurt anybody. And they don't even claim I hurt anybody. But once you get the prosecutor to agree that you didn't hurt anybody and there's no contract, mm-hmm. then there is no longer a controversy before the court. <clears throat> Could the court just
1: claim that you're a subject, which is how the Massachusetts Constitution refers to people that live in the territory?
6: Subject has the meaning that you choose it to have. For example, the First Amendment, part of the First Constitution, says all men shall have the right to enjoy and property. The word subject all the way down in the rest of the amendments is referring to the very first word. All men, actually, there, there is somebody told me that the original Constitution said all free men, and then that First Amendment was amended and they removed the word free somewhere in the 1870s or something, which I, I I'm not sure about that. That's just somebody told me. Mm. Now, if you look at deeds previous Civil War, it says, "Let it be known that a free man, you know, Samuel Adams, you know, uh, conveyed this piece of property to another free man." You know, John Quincy Adams, for example. Mm -hmm. And you don't see that terminology after the Civil War. But uh, getting back to what I was saying, is once you have an agreement of the parties, an agreement of the prosecutor, and an agreement of whoever they're coming after, then there's no longer controversy before the court. I explained that today to the judge because I had this prosecutor so twisted up in a conference room where the nice little room that Ian sat in about a month ago Mm And, and, and it's like a guy prosecutor, not that woman. Um, the woman's guy, I think. Hmm. And okay. uh, he um, he says, oh, he, he says, all all, this, all of, uh I can't just dismiss these charges. You have to do something. And I said, well, if we're going to come back, if I'm coming back to court, then whoever compels me to come back to court is going to pay me $50,000, I told him. <laughs> and he laughed at me. <laughs> so I said, oh, you think that's funny? I said, so if you compel me, or a judge compels me to come here, and I'm not paid, and I'm compelled to do a performance, then that's slavery, and slavery's been abolished. You must pay me to come back here and perform. And uh, he says, well, then I'm going to reduce the charges to civil. So I said, oh, now you're going to take all the burden off the judge and put it on yourself? Because now now, uh, you're bringing a civil charge against me?
4: Mm
6: -hmm. And uh, he says, oh, no, 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 well, I'll dismiss one charge, then I'll find you responsible for the other. Can we do that? I says, no. He goes, I'll dismiss both charges for 50 bucks. I says, absolutely not. <laughs> How about 25 Oh, this is a negotiation. I said, listen, I'm not giving you a penny. This is this, The purpose of this uh, is, is all about principle. I'll come back 50 times, and it's going to cost you a uh, half a million dollars or whatever what i am mm-hmm. done, or 10 times, whatever the numbers work out to. So <clears throat> he goes, well, all right, um, just sign in these boxes to dismiss it. I said, oh, these little rectangular boxes? I says, now, I'm going to get into an area I don't know much about, but here's what I know. When I sign that box under the Uniform Commercial Code, you're going to create a bond, or the court's going to create a bond, or somebody's going to create a bond. Then they're going to monetize that bond into a debt, and then the court's going to have more money to go harass and detain and bother people like me. Mm -hmm. I'm not signing anything. I didn't sign anything to get into this. I'm not signing anything to get out. You dismiss it. He goes, fine, we're going to trial. I says, 50 grand, buddy. See so you in the courtroom. We go up to the judge. He says, he comes right out. I'm dismissing this. I won't dismiss anything. The judge goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. What's going on here? And then the judge is like, you're not going to just dismiss this. And then he tried to, he, he, he brings on why he wants it dismissed and how it's costing the court money and there's no way he can prosecute me. I haven't hurt anybody. I'm not under contract. This, that, and the other thing. And the judge goes, well, I'm not dismissing it. And I said, well. There's no controversy before the court. We have an agreement. Myself and this kind man here, to the right of me, both agree that I am not statutory. I am not taxable. I did not hurt anybody, and I am not a party to a contract. And, she, and the judge goes, well, I don't know if he agrees to that. And, and the prosecutor says, well, I do agree to that. Huh. And The judge goes, no, you acknowledge that. He goes, uh, well, and then she goes, fine, case dismissed.
0: Let me just make sure I'm clear on something. Did you drive to this uh, location?
6: I traveled there behind the wheel of my transportation
0: device. <laughs> that's an amazing success story, Jay Noon. I appreciate it, man. I look forward to seeing Congrats, you on Monday, Jay. early Monday morning down there in Palmer, Massachusetts. We can talk more about what's going on in Palmer. And Jay, that's an amazing story. I look, to, look forward to hearing more about it. And thanks for the call tonight. More coming up. Hour two's next. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. You can take control of the airwaves here. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. You're free to call in, talk about anything you want. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. We're going to continue with your calls here in a moment. But just to reflect a little bit, uh, Jay Noon was on the phone with us in the last hour. And for those of you just tuning in, uh, the history with Free Talk Live and Jay Noon goes back for a little bit. Uh, It was back in 2011 that uh, myself and Pete Ayer from CopBlock.org, as well as some other activists, uh, Mark was included, went down to uh, Jay Noon's home in Palmer, Massachusetts, where the town of Palmer was proceeding against him. Uh, to attempt to take his home from him in tax sale uh, because he had not ever paid property taxes, as you know he doesn 't believe that he 's obligated to uh, why is it that if you buy a piece of land somewhere that all of a sudden some criminal agency known as the uh, town of fill in the blank uh you know is somehow entitled to your money well because lord baron such and such
1: oh wait no, this isn 't the u k is it we we don 't well, have it Lords was at one time i guess and uh dukes that claim that you're part of their fiefdom?
0: Well, not anymore. They're not called lords and barons and dukes. They're called city councilors or town councilmen and chiefs of police. And so they were going after him, and we caught a lot of interesting video of of what transpired back then. Uh, They did successfully. We prevented them from taking his home from him at that time, several months later on that day. Uh, And actually, for several months, they didn't try. But then later, they did, and they were successful at evicting him from his own home, uh, and then over about a year later, they decided to move against him with tax sale proceedings to actually steal the property uh, from him. Actually, I guess they'd already stolen the property by kicking him out uh, and having him evicted, but then they actually went they through the process to of selling it.
1: from their theft.
0: Well, they attempted to, but they ended up actually selling the house for a little bit less than what they claimed that Jay Noon owed him. Uh, but, but seeing
1: as how it cost them virtually nothing to correct. get the property.
0: They still won out. Any amount that they received would still be a profit. Right. He lost the the home that he was living in that he still is paying uh, payments on to a private lender uh, to. So he's still paying for the house that he no longer is able to inhabit. Uh, and during the process of going down to support him at the tax sale, I ended up getting arrested uh, for recording with a video camera in town hall. Daryl, you were there yes. to witness this uh, arrest. And not only did they arrest me for recording video, but the charge ended up being disorderly conduct. They claimed that I was disrupting the proceedings of the tax sale, which included uh, the registration period, which was where which we was were taking place in a completely a separate room. Yeah. Behind clo- a closed door, it was taking place. I wasn't really yelling or anything like that. They claimed that I was, you know, causing a ruckus and, you know, making a lot, a lot of noise. I don't believe the you ever
1: raised your voice. I
0: did raise my voice a little bit once the cop put his hands on me. That at that point, I had, I did raise my voice, but his claim was that he arrested me because I had raised my voice and that I was, you know, being disruptive. But then, even after I'd been arrested and taken away, you and the rest of the folks there, including apparently the newspaper reporter that had come along, were not even allowed into what was advertised as a public, very public, open uh, tax sale. Yes, and I was told that
1: I personally was not allowed to remain inside the building. Hmm that's because you were hanging out with me right whereas other people were allowed in the building to come and go but when he told me you know you have to leave i mm. pulled out my press badge that wow. i was wearing around my neck and said you're kicking out the press yes, yes. i am yes we are <laughs> and we're violating away with it. the freedom of the press yes go outside into the little uh, human cattle area although he didn't call it a human cattle area they he had a free speech free zone. speech is Didn't matter that I was there, you know, basically to observe what was going on at an ostensibly public
0: meeting. I was told that I had to be in the free speech zone. So that that happened uh, and they charged me with disorderly conduct. I've got a couple of different disorderly conduct charges. One is a town ordinance. The other is a misdemeanor charge. Uh, thankfully the misdemeanor charge in this case doesn't have jail time associated with it because it's the first disorderly conduct i've received in massachusetts however there is a fine involved if i'm found guilty and i do not intend to pay that fine and i've yet to determine what that means in massachusetts here in new hampshire if you don't pay a fine you can sit it off for 50 bucks a day in jail i don't know of any other state that allows you to sit off a fine in jail i don't know what to expect out of uh massachusetts Uh, i mean i don't intend to pay them anything so and i don't know how it's going to go i mean jay noon just called to tell us that he had a driving while revoked a couple of those charges dismissed uh by going in there and basically telling them that he doesn't consent to their system and i really think that's an interesting approach i've never seen it work but now jay noon's saying it's worked for him and i would have loved to have been there to uh to see that happen I don't know if he recorded any video of that. I doubt that uh, that he did. They do not allow cameras inside the court building. Well, that's that can't be true. I mean, I know that uh, at a Damo's trial, a Damo and Pete's trial in Massachusetts, not in this same town, but in another place in Massachusetts, cameras absolutely were uh, allowed in. There were signs posted that said uh, at the mm-hmm. uh,
1: courthouse, cameras, cell phones. Hmm. And any electric device must be left in the vehicles.
0: I have uh, already put in a notice to record, so I intend to have my hearings, all of them, recorded. So we'll see how that goes on Monday morning. Uh, And I don't know how many people are going to be able to go out uh, because, you know, it's Monday morning. It's not in New Hampshire. uh, And this is one of the reasons why I've suggested I didn't want to get arrested in Massachusetts. But I just have a problem saying, you know, I just have a problem backing down when... People are trying to throw their weight around, government people are trying to throw their weight around, and and doing so, in my opinion, completely illegally. Right. I should have been allowed to record video in that town hall, and I should have been allowed to go inside that room and record video, but I was prevented from doing so. The ACLU in Massachusetts, I've spoken with them. They seem interested, uh, but their head attorney has not yet responded. I mean, he responded to one email that I sent, but he hasn't gotten back to me yet as far as whether or not I'll see him on Monday morning. So it's yet to be determined whether or not the ACLU is going to be stepping in on this particular case. He did tell me that it was the ACLU that represented Simon Glick in the historic Glick decision, which actually happened to transpire in Massachusetts, which decided the uh, Massachusetts Supreme Court decided that, uh, I think it was the Massachusetts Supreme Court. Either uh, that or was First Court the of Appeals, First
1: Circuit Court of Appeals.
0: Yeah, the U.S. First Circuit Court of Appeals uh, decided that every government bureaucrat was subject to being recorded if they're on their public duties.
1: While on duty in the performance of their uh,
0: duty. Yeah, their functions as, uh, as government officials. So I mean, it seems like I'm well within my rights to have done what yes. I, uh, w- to have done what I did.: That's why they didn't charge you with wiretapping. That's true. That's
1: and true. I, I was having a conversation with someone a few days ago, and I said, "I don't think that the cops would have cared if there would have been 15 people filming. They would have arrested everyone." You think so?:
0: I think they in, would have. In Palmer, they would have, we would have outnumbered them. I don't think they would have made a move on 15 people. I think they would have. I, you know, having had experience doing mass civil disobedience, the more people you have on the side of uh, freedom, the less likely they are to act. If it would have been one other person filming? They would have arrested both, for sure.
1: What about if there were three other people?
0: Generally, as soon as they get outnumbered, they get kind of, you know, unwilling to move forward with their enforcements. I mean, if they feel like it's an obedient bunch... And I think they had eight cops on duty... And
1: Did they? Okay. Then yeah. I mean, my, I would my say, understanding. I would is say up Palmer to ten doesn't have more
0: than a dozen cops. I would say up to ten activists would could have been arrested in that's in that case. But if you had fifteen or twenty people with video cameras, they they would have probably have backed down. But that's there were fifteen activists that were there. Nope, there weren't. And that's one of but the problems with being in Massachusetts. That was
1: if everyone that was there would have had a camera, I believe everyone that was there with the camera would have I been arrested. I think you're right about that.
0: Whether or not they were loud about it, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. 855 free. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Let's go to Eric. He's in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric.
6: Hey, guys. Hey. I have a question about getting paid in Bitcoin. Sure. So if I offer a service, let's say I do some contract work, um, and I get paid in Bitcoin throughout the whole year what tax issues might i uh run into here?
0: interesting question hang on we'll uh, talk about it here in a moment bitcoins <laughs> and taxes 855-450-FREE the sacos cai toll free line uh, we are not uh accountants by trade uh, but we've got some ideas i think that we'll share and you of course can take control as well 855-450-FREE you can bring up anything you want it's free
4: talk live
5: Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We were talking
4: about raping babies.
5: I love Nazis. Peace Jesus.
1: News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I
4: kicked a
5: windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it.
4: I
3: have
5: a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com. And cake.
3: This is Free
0: Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And with you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. And don't forget, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of Free Talk Live, it's no big deal. You can click and download as many episodes as as you would, uh, would enjoy. You can go to freetalklive.com right there at the top. You'll find the last seven days worth of the show. And then if you click into the archive section, that takes you back for years worth of Free Talk Live. In addition, you can also download archives through our SoundCloud page. Plus, you'll find Edgington Post episodes there as well, which is what Mark does, who is normally uh, sitting across from me here, but he takes Fridays off. Uh, you can grab his episodes from our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.freetalklive.com. That's soundcloud.freetalklive.com. And we're talking about bitcoins. Uh, We'll get back to our phone call here in just a moment. But I want to remind you that one of the realities of a world with fiat currencies is that the state inflates the currency base to fund its wars. It's mathematically impossible to inflate bitcoins. And if the world used bitcoins, governments would have to think long and hard about who they blow up. Antiwar.com is having its fun drive and they are taking Bitcoins. You can go to antiwar.freetalklive.com. That's a quick link to get you to where you need to go on the anti-war site. Antiwar.freetalklive.com. And that will allow you to donate via Bitcoin, if you like, or those old Federal Reserve notes, if you still have some of those. Uh, and they are the, by the way, only ones out there that are reporting news that isn't constantly slanted towards war. Antiwar.freetalklive.com. You may contribute in your uh, with your Bitcoins. Let's go back to... Eric listening in Connecticut. Now Eric, you were calling regards to a question about working as a contractor and actually getting paid in bitcoins and wondering what that meant for uh for income taxes?
6: Right, cuz what do you report at the end of the year if you only receive bitcoin? I mean, the IRS is going to want to hear that you've collected, you've made, you know, 20,000 bitcoin come tax season.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I don't really do this whole income tax thing. Uh Daryl, do you do the income tax thing? I do.
1: I'm sorry to hear that. Only because I'm one of those people that uh, is not financially able to be self-employed. Yeah. So I do file, but I found some ways around most of the income taxes. If you file exempt, and there are certain criteria that you have to meet, Mm -hmm. and if you are a low enough wage earner, and you've played the system the right way for several years. Then you fit the criteria to be able to file exempt, and then nothing that you earn is taxable, and therefore you have no taxable earnings.
0: Now, to the question at hand here, Eric, um, as I understand it, and I'm not, an attor- I'm not an attorney, nor am I you know, an accountant – and neither is Daryl. Um, but it, as my understanding, you know, if I pay you in bananas, uh, you you know, there's no record of that. There's no, I, mean, I don't know what kind of record. There you're- is
1: no record of paying in bananas. There's no record of someone being paid in cash. So even though the federal government still claims that you are to report mm-hmm. all income from all methods, they rely on you. And there's it. actually a line on the 1040 that says income from illegal activities. Really? <laughs> yes. I wish well, I like made that illegal,
0: up. Though. Yeah. What you're doing? Right. You're saying what you're doing is legal. You're absolutely right. right I- about I'm that. just
1: saying that there's a line for income from illegal activities. There's no records of illegal activity unless, of course, you get caught. But as far as you know. Reporting, a lot of it is you are basically being asked to incriminate yourself. Correct. Correct. To say that you have to give them money that they can't prove that you owe. Right.
0: Everything that the IRS knows about you, someone told them. So it was either your employer who sent them a 1099 or a W-2 and or you know some other organization that paid you that's very obedient to the state that is sending in information. So what you want to really ask yourself is the person that you worked for uh, as a contractor, are they sending in something to the IRS about paying you in bitcoins? If not, then I would say leave it alone. Yes. There
1: was a businessman out in Nevada. I believe he was in Las Vegas, but I could be wrong on where exactly in Nevada he was. The guy that paid in gold and silver? He was paying in gold, paying them with the $50 gold coin, Mm -hmm. which obviously has a melt value of much higher. I think at the time it was $1,300 was the melt value of the coin but he paid it says legal tender you know it's legal tender under federal law face value says 50 so here's your $50 for the 2 weeks and somehow the feds came in and i forget what loophole they found to be able to shut this guy down but they found a way to shut him down
0: was was he found liable i thought that Yes. I thought that somebody I thought there was a case where a guy paying in gold and silver was actually managed to have success uh, for a short time he did uh, but he eventually was shut down by mm-hmm. the feds yeah well, I mean they'll get you if they want to get you right so if there's information being shared with them about your habits uh, Eric, then that could come back to bite you but if this guy that's paying you is cool enough to pay you in Bitcoin, presumably he'd be cool enough to not send any kind of uh, statement to to the state your thoughts?
6: So uh, that sounds good to me. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not running his mouth. If, if he's paying
0: me in Bitcoin, so um, sounds, sounds like good advice. Yeah, just, just
1: like if someone was paying you in bananas, chickens, and corn mill, they probably would not be filing that with the feds.
0: Well, there are some really yeah, obedient people out there who absolutely would file those things. They would. They would feel like, oh, it's my country, I've got to do what they 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 say. I've got to do some conversions and figure out what these chickens are worth, and figure out what the bitcoins are worth because you obviously can't write down, you know. 15 chickens on the income tax form you can't write down a bunch of bitcoins on there either so that's one of the arguments that i think someone would make from a legal perspective is that the income tax only applies to uh you know federal reserve notes not necessarily other things right well i've heard
1: people say that they tell their boss they only want to be paid in real money not federal reserve notes but they still get a paycheck like everybody else
0: that mm-hmm. says 247 dollars Eric, uh, good luck with your plot there. I hope it pans out for you. And uh, anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, no, that's it, guys. Appreciate the thanks, call thanks tonight. Guys, thanks for, for making it. 855-450-FREE. Yeah, anything that you can avoid paying as far as the government is concerned, you should go for it as far as I'm concerned. But then again, I'm somebody who doesn't pay income tax. And so, you know... if. If you are frightened, and that's what they want, yeah, they want you to be frightened because that's why they go after people like Willie Nelson or Wesley Snipes every now and then. These high target, kind of uh, high publicity attacks against people. They want you to think that you're next. They want you to think that they're likely to to target you. If oh, they go, they'll go after Wesley Snipes. They'll go after me. Uh, but most people that don't pay taxes, they never go after because they don't have the manpower, they don't have the the time, they don't have, and, and a lot of them aren't even really worth it because you know they're not making that much money, right? And so therefore, it's not really like a Wesley Snipes where they could possibly get a whole bunch of money out of it after the fact. So I think your odds are probably better than you think that they are as far as you know not paying the income tax is concerned. Plus, if a bunch of people stop paying income tax, then what are they going to really do about it? So. I hope more people will keep the money that they earned and stop obeying the state and stop kowtowing to the man. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. What would you do with the extra money if you could actually keep it instead of sending it to them?
5: Think about that. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Under the mistletoe this year, there's only one thing you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. Stateless Sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. The holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year, so make your calories count with the very best handcrafted confections. Chocolate-covered pistachio brittle, salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. You need this for your holiday parties. Go to statelesssweets.com and use coupon code FTL to save 10%. statelesssweets.com
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Toll free. 855-450-FREE. It's the Sacle CAI toll free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we share with you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. We were talking about Bitcoins a moment ago and how it could be used, in my opinion, as an excellent tool to avoid uh, paying income tax. Because if the government doesn't know about you receiving something, then they shouldn't have to know about it. You shouldn't be informing them about it. What obligation do you have to tell them all of your personal finances? To tell them all of the things that you have that you value? If you buy something of value at a garage sale because you know it's you know really valuable, do you report that to them too? You're supposed to. Right. If you sell it and make a profit. Well, in this case, I said buy, but either way, yeah. I mean, let's say let's say you get something that's really valuable. You find something uh, that you that you know is valuable, but the person selling it at the garage sale. Uh, doesn't know it's valuable. You take Or like what happened
1: last night, I went to an auction here locally with one of the local activists, Jay, mm-hmm. and I bought some things that I know that I can turn around
0: and sell and make a decent amount of money. What obligation do you have to tell the state about that? Do you ever sign an agreement with them saying you tell them everything about your personal nope. finances? Right. So why bother? Uh, why bother giving them more information over you than they already have? So you can use, in my opinion, Bitcoin to help you with this. Uh, Bitcoin is an amazing system that is both a currency and kind of the the system itself, the financial system, meaning that uh, if you go and get the Bitcoin client – and there are a few different ones uh, from which to choose – install it on your computer, and then get some Bitcoins over at bitinstant.com, you are well on your road to uh, some some level of financial independence because you actually get to control your own bank account, so to speak. You are your own banker. Although I did hear recently that there's some bank that will be accepting Bitcoins opening up or something like that. I don't know if I trust them as far as I can throw them, uh, but you know, supposedly that's uh, that's in the works. And there are a lot of neat things that are coming out uh, in relation to bitcoins. Like, for instance, they allow people to to, uh, to gamble online without having to worry about the financial restrictions that credit card providers and bankers have to be subject to to prevent you uh, from accessing gambling websites. So, the bitcoin is really helping people uh, experience a new level of freedom online that the, more so than they already had, uh, especially people in countries that have even more oppressive regimes in this country. Bitcoin Iran. Is, uh, yeah, like Iran uh, and Argentina. Uh, Bitcoin is allowing these folks to just escape the disastrous governmental financial systems by storing their value in this cryptocurrency. It is mathemat- mathematically impossible for bitcoins to be counterfeited or inflated. It's impossible for anyone, including governments, to block you from sending or receiving these payments. They'd have to shut down the internet to stop bitcoin and it's mathematically impossible for anyone to freeze your account or interfere with your account in any way you can also use bitcoins if you're careful about it anonymously which opens up a whole other world of purchasing possibilities so it's a really amazing product i recommend you get some and you can do that over at bitinstant.com. that's bitinstant.com. let's go to continue with your phone calls here virgil's listening in columbus you're on free talk live hey virgil
7: Uh, Hi, guys. How are you?
0: Great. What's on your mind tonight?
7: So, uh, last night, you guys were talking about uh, text messaging and how, uh, you know, there's apparently some legislation uh, proposed that, uh, you know, mobile carriers would store messages for a certain amount of time and so on. Yes. Um, And uh, you're also wondering uh, about the overhead that text messaging takes on a network and so on. And interestingly enough, I wanted to... uh, Talk to you guys a little bit about this. Text messaging is actually, uh, using uh, on most carriers. Actually, I think all of them, uh, carriers use a a back channel, uh, something called the SS7 protocol. They use a back communication channel, which is used for signaling to send text messages to Mm -hmm. and from headsets. So it actually doesn't take any overhead for them, believe it or not. There's Mm -hmm. no overhead and no additional cost for them to allow users to send texts. They just kind of years ago, they just kind of discovered this. Uh, and they figured out a way to milk users for more money, which I guess is good for them. So,
4: yeah,
0: they sure did.
7: Yeah, and as as far as the retention goes, um, most carriers, and I think uh, you were talking about this last last evening, most carriers only store messages for about seventy two hours. I think uh, T Mobile only uh, may store them for only a few hours, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and. Really, the, the the issue is that most people don't realize that the NSA is already getting a lot of this data already. Ah, okay. So, you know, if you have – there have been three whistleblowers already from NSA. There's a guy named Thomas Drake, uh, Kirk Weeb, and uh, a mathematician, actually a very well-known cryptographer. His name is William Benny, uh, all these guys, all three of them used to work for the nSA they resigned, and uh, you know they've spoken at length in public about the extensive uh, surveillance uh, that nSA does on uh you know on every American more or less, whether you send email uh, text messages uh, instant messages, and so on uh they're most likely indexed somewhere by someone or some sort of a government uh, Agency somewhere.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting and point. It, the, so what you're saying is that even though the phone companies themselves don't carry uh, records for a very long time of text messages, that maybe some government agency like the NSA is sniffing them out – But apparently, if that's true, the other agencies don't know it, right? Because the other agencies are claiming, or at least so it seems, the other agencies, the police agencies, are lobbying Congress to force these companies to hold uh, text messages for two years. So if they knew that they could just talk to the NSA and get this information, you'd think they'd be doing that.
7: Yeah, I don't think the NSA is sharing any of this. Uh, and we got to remember, you know, local uh, police departments, they don't have any resources like the federal government uh, does, anyways. Mm-hmm. But there's actually, you know, look at the GSM protocol, right? Uh, it has encryption built in. Uh, when you send a text message over the air, it's encrypted. Uh, the problem is there's equipment that you can fit in the back of a pickup truck that can, uh, you know, decrypt GSM encryption keys uh, and break them on the fly. Mm. Uh, so if if the NSA targets you and if you're deemed important enough, uh, they will get your text messages no matter what. Sure. If, you know, it doesn't matter if AT and T or Verizon stores them; uh, they will they will get them uh, regardless. Um, so.
0: Oh yeah, a, and if there's yeah. a warrant too, I mean, if they if the cops put a you know they get a warrant on your phone, uh, they'll be able yeah. to monitor all your text messages at that point. well, then, the NSA yeah. doesn't need warrants because of FISA,
4: right? Absolutely.
7: And, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, FISA, in 2008, they passed the FISA Amendment Act, uh, FAA, and that actually gave the NSA even more powers to, uh, to monitor supposedly only international phone calls, emails and stuff. But as we all know, that doesn't, I mean, these international calls go to someone here in the U.S. So, it's, you know, they, they, are, they are monitoring uh, internal communication as well. Not only that, but in the FAA Act, uh, they also uh, gave immunity to uh, telecommunication companies. So they, there is no liability for them, uh, you know. And
0: Yeah, if they turn if over they your, your information.
7: In, yeah. So you cannot sue them. There's no legal recourse right. for anyone as long as they, uh, you know, they're covered. That's why so I that's said last was,
0: night was I was surprised that they're not already keeping years' worth of text messages. I mean, I've just... You know, yeah. I'm not planning inv- in violence or anything like that, so I'm not concerned if they're reading my messages. I've just kind of right. operated, you know, as though they already are. I think that's generally yeah. a good way to operate, as though you're already compromised.
7: That, that's very, very smart, Ian. And I really doubt that if you send a text message to a buddy and ask him if he has a joint, uh, a joint to give you uh, for the evening, I, I don't think that the NSA cares about small fish like that. No, I agree.
0: I agree.
1: Uh, well, you know, if you're sending a text message asking for that, you're not going to use the term joint anyway.
0: Well, it depends. <laughs> I mean, some people will, True. some people won't. Some people are kind of sloppy with what they send over text. You'd be surprised. Um, but yeah, but, people you know, should the, think the about good, that. They should think about that somebody could be monitoring their communications before they send them.
4: Yeah.
7: And the good news, Ian, that you know, if you're a little bit technically inclined, there are ways around it. Just recently, there's a guy named Phil Zimmerman. He's actually the guy that invented PGP. It's a well-known encryption tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Years ago, uh, the federal government actually arrested him for publicizing the source code for PGP. Um, The federal government tried to look at PGP as actually uh, ammunition. Uh, They Mm -hmm. labeled it as uh, as munition in an effort to put this guy in jail. Of course, they had to let him go. Um, And if you go look at his Wikipedia page, uh, read it and look it up, uh, it's it's a fascinating story. Virgil, thanks for sharing
0: your call, man, and and the thoughts tonight. I Uh, appreciate hearing from you. Oh, you can hang on if you'd like. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live.
5: Free
0: Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll free. 855 450 free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find waiting for you there. Again, freetalklive.com. And with you in studio, it's Ian. And Daryl. Daryl's here, courtesy of his website, fpp.cc. As we continue to take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Virgil is on the line with us here. He's kind of giving us a inside look into the text messages and whether or not uh, how subject they are to being received by governments. And uh, there was something else you had wanted to add to the discussion. So go ahead, Virgil.
7: Yeah, thanks for holding me over the break, uh, Ian. I really appreciate it. One thing I wanted to add is that... Uh, you know, those of you uh, who, who listen to, to the show, you don't have to be desperate about it. Uh, you know, paranoia does, does pay, and it helps to, to be aware of what's going on. But, the, you know, technology always comes through, and the market comes through. And what I wanted to mention is that Phil Zimmerman, the, uh, the guy that actually invented PGP, he started a new company, and just about two months ago, he uh, came out with a service. It's called Silent Circle. And they offer encrypted phone calls, encrypted video calls, and encrypted text messages hmm. uh, for, for smartphones. It's something like 10 or $15 a month. I don't know exactly how much it costs. Uh, the servers are hosted overseas. So they're supposedly somewhat out of the reach of the United States government. Mm-hmm. And it's something worth considering. So it's not, you know, like I said, the market tends to deliver, uh, you know, services to those who are seeking them. Neat. Uh, and it's something to keep in mind
0: silentcircle.com global encrypted communications service sounds pretty yep. cool man thanks for uh, the heads up maybe i don't know maybe we'll send mark after him so you can get him as an advertiser that'd be kind of cool never know thanks for the call appreciate hearing from me tonight Take care. yep 855 450 free now as i mentioned last night there's a, an, a there's a i guess a program for the android called text secure but it's in beta and it's kind of buggy so i mean it mostly works from my experience with it but it doesn't always work sometimes messages that you send will just not make it to the recipient and you'll you'll see them type something else and you'll wonder wait did i miss something and and then oh yeah whoops they sent something but it never even came through uh, so it's certainly not a perfect system thus far. I'd like to see more competition in the area of encrypted communication. And That's I know I've idea.
1: gotten text messages where the person said, I sent this two hours ago. What took you so long to respond? Yeah, sometimes things just... I got getting... it
0: 30 seconds ago. Right, yeah. I guess it's just cl- clutter in the tubes or something like that, slowing things down. Sean's in Daytona Beach. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Sean.
7: How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Just
0: great. What's on your mind?
7: Oh, I was uh, listening on to your online stream, and you started talking about uh, income tax, and that's always the personal hobby subject of mine. All right. The uh, uh, I know you don't. I I, I know we're like minded because you don't necessarily like the whole uh, magical words thing. Yes. And uh, uh, you know, one of the and I've spent a lot of time, you know, getting into legal dictionaries, and one of the things that I've found fascinating is that uh, this whole concept of status that we've kind of lost. This is at least how the system looks at us, right, in this undisclosed capacity or status. So, you know, like you pull out a, a legal dictionary and a name is just a designation. It's capacity, right? It's like I'm Sean Incorporated as far as the government's concerned. And, and one of the things that really fascinates me is, uh, like, prior to 1933, uh, you, you break out those magical legal dictionaries and sprinkle some, you know, fi- uh, pixie dust. On it, commerce, the definition of commerce, was always understood to me with the intent to realize a profit, right? Okay. And so now, after 1933, when you break out the magical legal dictionaries, uh, commerce just means pretty much any transaction, right? So basically all they're saying is that uh, once the once the government uh, stopped uh, paying debt with uh, intrinsic money and it began discharging debts with commercial paper, that when we go to the grocery store, you know, if we go to the grocery store and buy uh, a banana with a gold coin, there was no intent to realize a profit. But so when we go to the grocery store and buy a banana with commercial paper that has no intrinsic value, we're using this federal privilege of exchange, right? That makes us subject to Club Fed getting a cut for using, uh, you know, this privilege of federal- this federal privilege of exchange. And so, in, in its essence. You know, we got these bankers that bankrupted the country that uh, could arguably be, arguably, uh, I can't pronounce that.
0: Arguably. arguably.
7: said, Yeah. <laughs> well, we could argue that they're running the country since they're the ones that got bailed out, right? So the bankers bankrupt bankrupted the country that are administrating the bankruptcy, you know, as far as uh, they're concerned, we're just like little economic units engaged in commerce out here uh, 24-7, mm-hmm. right, and everything that we do. Uh, makes us subject to some kind of commercial regulation, whatever it is, and it's just—it's so absurd. It's not even funny. But the, uh, with regards to the income tax, one of the things that I like is just treating my designation or capacity like the corporation it is. Uh, so what do you mean? if uh, Sean, well, Sean Incorporated gets uh, a check, gets income then i'll just put on my treasurer hat treasurer mask for sean incorporated and i'll turn right around and write myself a, a check so uh you know because sean incorporated has a labor expense just like any other corporation right i mean corporations just have income and expenses and so my corporation my little vessel in commerce does have a labor expense which is me since i'm doing all the labor okay. you know so when you write a check out uh, the checks, the evidence, right there—that you got it, because uh, you're the the vessel's the name that's on the check, and then the pay to the order of line is the person that got paid, which is a separate party. And then you're losing the me, man. Line,
1: Are you following this, Dale? Huh? Uh, I I think I know what he's saying. He has a saying. corporation that only has one board member and one employee, Do and you that have is a, the same person. Wait,
0: have you filed for a corporation, or are you just saying that, they're, that you know, they treat you as though you're a corporation?
7: Well, I'm just saying, like, okay, when, when you get—let's uh, take a certificate of birth. I don't know if you've ever looked up the definitions of certificate in legal dictionaries, right? Uh, but the definition of certificate in the magical legal dictionaries— Is something you give to an insolvent person whose estate is bankrupt or to an alien that's been naturalized, right? Which
1: dictionary did you get this definition from?
7: uh, That definition would specifically come from, like, the 1856 Bouvier's Dictionary of Law by John Bouvier.
1: Okay, Okay. what's the Black's Law Dictionary say?
7: Uh well I could I could pull it up, but uh Black's law dictionary doesn't have a definition for certificate of birth till like the nineteen ninety one.
0: Okay. So where are we going oh. with this? I mean how c how can this any of this information help uh the average person? 'Cause the the more the deeper we get into the discussion the more esoteric it, it seems to become and I don't know how yeah, okay, well, how it's well, valuable.
7: All right, well all right, well let me just let, let me just make a simple premise, okay? So everything the government, the, everything the way the government spells your name is in all capital letters. Which is Except just that's a not always true. Okay, well it's a status, it's a capacity, uh, it's all it is. It goes back if you go back into the ancient Roman civil law about capitis. I mean, it's all derived from the word capital, capitis. You go back in the ancient Roman civil law. There's capitis debitio, which has to do with raising and lowering.
0: You know, a person's status in society. It's an interesting theory, but I can't find any evidence that it actually matters. Uh, and let me
1: guess, you think that the word understand does not mean to comprehend, that it means that you stand under the authority of the person asking you that question?
7: No, all all I'm saying is is that our that that, that entity on the birth certificate uh, as far as they're concerned represents like some contract with the legislature, right? That your parents got created Try telling that
0: to a judge, man. Have you ever tried that?
7: Okay. Yeah, yeah, actually. How'd that go for you? Well, I have already already, uh, nullified the entity because I've already sent into the uh, Department of Health from the state that my particular certificate of birth was created. I've already annulled my signature and and nullified, withdrawn my consent, extinguished that particular legal entity.
0: Uh So you're a free man then, huh?
7: Yeah, I don't use that entity, but when I used to use that entity, I'm just saying what I would do is I would just treat it like the corporation
6: that it is, the little corporate
0: entity. So what has happened so, when you've been in front of a judge and you've explained that uh, that's not me on that piece of paper, that's a corporation uh, that's got the same name as uh, as me? What, how does that go? I,
7: I don't make that argument because I don't think it's relevant. Uh, if I'm in front of a judge, the only thing I'm concerned about is, hey, uh, the regulation we're talking about here, is a regulation for commerce, so I just want somebody to prove that I was actually engaged in commerce at the time of this particular incident. That's the only thing I care about. I care less what you want to call me.
0: Do you have any uh, so somebody, records that prove that you've had success in court? Do I, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see them. If you want to send them over, uh, that would be great over at, uh, you can email them to ian at com and it's uh it's an you know it's an interesting claim i don't know if they're you know in my experience it doesn't matter anything you know making these claims about corporate status uh and you know the corporations you know your name being a corporation you, you know not consenting yeah. and all that never really seems to uh to do anything because they don't really care you know maybe it's, it's all true it. but uh they don't really care because they can do whatever it is they want to and sean thanks for the call tonight uh Thanks, appreciate it. Look forward to hearing, uh, seeing your evidence. 855 450 free, that's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up absolutely anything that you want to and uh, take
3: control of the airwaves here. Now, hour number three is next. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Derek J. To me, an activist's calling is to actively work to advance a cause. The cause for which I work is personal freedom. I believe my life is best when I engage in voluntary interactions and self-government. I reject the idea that anyone else has a higher claim to my life or my body than I do. I see people who call themselves the government as a threat to my personal freedom. I realize you may feel differently, but my relationship with the people who call themselves the government is completely involuntary. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Available now
0: free in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. is free talk live bring up whatever you want toll free at 855-453 it's the sacral cai toll free line joining you tonight it's ian and daryl coming up a two trillion dollar coin or something like that we'll uh, something like that we'll get to that in a moment uh, but of course you can bring up whatever's on your mind at 855 free. and just before the news break there we had a guy on the line who was positing some Let's call them legal theories. Uh, they're not really, We could call them that. They're not really conspiracy theories. They're legal theories. Uh, they're, they're usually based in some level of research, some amount of understanding of the system uh, and how it uh, ostensibly works. But the thing that most of the purveyors of these theories don't realize, because they've never actually tried them out, uh, is that the theories don't really matter in court they're not going to save you from anything that the court really wants to do to you. Because, for instance, in New Hampshire, and I imagine the rules are similar elsewhere, but the number one rule in district court here is that the court can waive the rules at any time. Yes. So in the interests of justice, the man wearing a robe can just decide to throw his own rules out. And, you know, as long as rule number one is that there are no rules, then how could you expect Anything from this system how can you expect to have success with whatever theory it is that uh, that you bring to the table
1: you know and I've tried different uh i I guess you could call them theories mm-hmm. in court at different times and basically been told nope doesn't matter uh doesn't matter that we didn't follow this rule or even I I was told one time—actually, I was told five times at the minimum in court in South Carolina that the jury was not to hear the law. They were only to hear facts. Hmm. They were not to hear Supreme Court rulings. Don't bring that pesky Constitution into the courtroom, huh? Uh, I was threatened with contempt five times wow. in one hearing yeah, because I— dared to mention federal Supreme Court rulings that basically stated that people have a right to disobey unjust laws that are basically ludicrous. Sir, you do not bring the law into my courtroom. That's exactly what he said. Yep.
0: So, I don't know. I just kind of felt like reflecting on that call for a moment there because— you know, when when somebody calls in with one of these uh, legal theories or more than one, I do want to give them the, you know, the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to just blow it off, you know, offhand and say, oh, well, that's not going to work. But what I do want to see is proof. I mean, I do want to see... The reason why Jay Noon's got credibility with me, and he called earlier in the show tonight, is because Jay Noon's actually put his house on the line. Jay Noon, and lost it, uh, Jay Noon has actually put, you know... He's his put livelihood. himself
1: on the line. Yeah,
0: he's put himself on the line. And numerous I, times. And I know he's for real, and I know he really believes what uh, what he says he believes. And and he just called tonight to say that he got some driving while uh, revoked, You know, meaning that his license or driving privileges so-called have been revoked, got those thrown out of court. And I have no reason to believe that Jay Noon's lying to me because I know Jay Noon. But the average person that calls into this show with some legal theory and some claim to have actually won in court— I don't know who you are, and you don't have credibility. You know, you don't just get to call. Yeah, you can call in about anything you want, but that doesn't automatically give you credibility because you figured out how doesn't to dial it. Doesn't mean we're going to believe it. Right. And, you know, call me a skeptic. I've tried some of these theories out, and some of them I thought were real good. I spent time, you know, researching these things and... You know, I could see where they were coming from. I could understand where the purveyors of these things were coming from. I could understand kind of the legalish ish basis uh, from which they uh, have concocted these theories. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because they don't care what you do and they don't care what you say. All they care is about whether you're obedient to them or not and whether or not you're going to pay the fine or, you know, do as they say. And that's been my observation. I want to be proven wrong. I want one of these people with these legal theories to be right. I want them to be able to walk into a court with Judge Burke here in Keene and, you know, say whatever it is that they're going to say about how they're not the person on the piece of paper, or the all capital letters. No, you or, can't
1: say person because person is a legal term. That
0: they're a flesh and blood human being and that they're not a person and that they're, you know, whatever. Whatever, you know, we've heard a variety and various different variations uh, upon these themes over the years. But never has anyone come to New Hampshire as, you know, the, the leading prop, uh, you know, the, the proponent of one of these theories to prove once and for all. I am a sovereign man. And, and, you know, to some of their credit, it's hard to get a video camera into court in most places. So I can understand the excuse is, oh, well, yeah, I've had this court win, but I can't prove it to you because, well, I couldn't record the trial. Well, show me some court documentation. Yeah, in theory, they could have a transcript, but those things are costly to retrieve. Uh, I mean, they could show you that a, a charge was dismissed, but that wouldn't show why the charge was dismissed. Just because they would, they could show you that doesn't mean right. that it was there. Uh, you know, but legal that's still wrangling better that than that. some, than nothing. Yeah, and I get
1: it. Just saying, nope, I went, I said this, and it was just all right. Well, show me something. Well, here's the documentation. It was dismissed.
0: Right. I gave yeah, I gave uh, out the email to him. Maybe he will you know call in with or send that information over and you know we'll see if it's true or not. And I don't think it will you know whatever it is he sends isn't going to be as concrete as audio from a hearing or better than that video. And we can get cameras into court here in New Hampshire. so if you really do have some method that's going to result in people being more free, And people going, you know, being able to live their lives unmolested or if they are molested by the state, all they have to do is fill out some form or send in some paper or, you know, say some utter some words in court and make it all go away. Man, that'd be amazing. You can count on me. I, I, you know, pledge that I will be there at that hearing if it's anywhere within the, you know, region of uh, New Hampshire in which I live to, uh, to, to see this happen. And, you know, I might even travel further away to see somebody try one of these theories out in court. I'd love to be there to record the success story of one of these folks, because they certainly seem to believe it. I would love to watch the video. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people would as well. But if there was some sort of way to actually get out of this uh, situation that that you know the courts force people into, whether they be traffic tickets or marijuana or whatever nonsensical criminal charge that people are being hit with all over this country— There'd be a huge demand for, for that information. That, that right. information would spread like wildfire. I mean, if, if somebody could prove that it were true, it would spread so quickly. But then, of course, the state would probably just change how they behave. Right. Because the information that these people are, are purveying is based on the belief that the state actually follows their own rules, in my experience. That, they, that if you do one thing, that they must do another. But in my experience, they don't have to do anything that they say they have to do.
1: Right, and something else is just because something works once, doesn't necessarily mean that it will work a second time or thirtieth time. Right, and it because could be a- you could find a judge that just really doesn't want to hear whatever the crap it is you're saying, right. and said, you know what, case get out of my courtroom, case dismissed. I don't sure. want to hear
0: it. That could very well account for a lot of these so-called wins on these legal theories out there. And we wouldn't know until someone were were able to put that exact theory to the test in more than one instance with more than one judge with different people trying the same theory. With different documentation,
1: because documentation then allows you to see the demeanor of the
0: judge. Right. Well, Well, if you have a video camera... If you've got an audio recording device, you can usually hear their, the tone of their voice, and that, that helps somewhat, too. And here and there, there have been videos and there have been audios of ostensible wins of some of these legal theory advocates. But usually there's no encompassing story. There's no follow-up. There's no uh, preface. It's just you know a video of some guy in court, like the dude in Canada, the Freeman guy, Oh yeah, it, the guy that was the rebel of the week a couple of weeks ago. The dude wearing the hat in court who just basically backs With down. With the ponytail. Yeah, yeah, he backs down several bailiffs and and ostensibly causes a judge to walk out of the courtroom. Yeah, the judge you could tell the judge was getting
1: frustrated and just left the courtroom. But
0: it was pretty cool. Like it was cool yeah, to was watch that cool. video and he really did, you know, have an amazing apparent effect on that court. How many weeks later
1: did the court issue the bench warrant? a warrant? The warrant. Yeah. And then go arrest the guy
0: because he abandoned
1: the court. Right,
0: That's the part of the story that you don't hear about. And 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want at 855 free. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find on our site. We give them away. And those features include listening options we've got live streams broadband midband, and narrowband versions of the show different size bit rates for different internet connection speeds you'll find one that'll work for you over at listen.freetalklive.com there's also our radio listening options over a hundred radio stations from coast to coast airing the show on am and fm across the country in addition our xm satellite radio channels are available to you around the entire week all seven nights They have us on XM. And in addition to that, you can find us on free-to-air KU-band satellite in North America on Galaxy 19. Plus, there's our webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Now, are you tired of general preparedness and survival advice with no reason or context behind it? Are you sick and tired of the survivalists on TV shows with their single scenario focus? With all the fear hyping, do you sometimes wonder about the reality of historical and potential disaster situations? There is a book that can help you understand what might happen, how it might affect you and those you care about, as well as what you can do about it. It's Strategic Survival, and you can go to strategicsurvival.com to get your own copy you can get a digital copy, but you probably want to get an actual uh, dead paper or dead tree version of uh, of the book, survival.com, considering if there is some sort of survival scenario, you probably aren't going to have uh, access to your electronic devices <laughs> or chargers uh, for them. But strategicsurvival.com, knowledge that is contained within the book and the other material it references, uh, by using that information and taking simple actions to prepare, you can turn fear and worry into confidence and peace. And isn't that what it's all about? It includes recommendations for training and practice for added confidence and experience. Go to strategicsurvival.com to get your copy today. Again, strategicsurvival.com. So, Daryl uh, is with us here tonight. And, Daryl, you were telling me something before the show. We haven't really had a chance to talk about it quite yet. It has to do with a, tr- a multi-trillion dollar coin or something like yes. that? Yes. What, what is going on here? What okay. is the
1: proposal? Well, the proposal basically is to base jump off of the fiscal cliff. This article here from the Washington Post says if President Obama wants to avoid an economic calamity next year, he could always show up at a press conference bearing two shiny platinum coins worth $1 trillion apiece. According to who? According to the guy writing this article, and I'll explain where he gets this theory. Got it. It Says, okay, that sounds utterly insane. But even ever since last year, some economists and legal scholars have suggested that the platinum coin option is one way to defuse a crisis if Congress can't or won't lift the debt ceiling. And at least it works in theory. The U.S. government is, after all, facing a real problem. The Treasury Department will hit its $16.4 trillion, $16.4 trillion borrowing limit by next February at the latest. Unless Congress reaches an agreement to raise that borrowing limit, the government will no longer be able to borrow enough money to pay all of its
0: bills. And the borrowing limit, is that the same as the debt ceiling? That's the debt ceiling. Okay is that a new term for it or something what's that borrowing limit i've always heard it called debt ceiling are they now changing it
1: to borrowing limit that's just another way of saying debt ceiling all right says last year republicans in congress resisted lifting the debt ceiling until the last minute and then only in exchange for spending cuts panic ensued so what happens if there's another showdown this year enter the platinum coins Thanks to an odd loophole in the current law, the U.S. Treasury is technically allowed to mint as many coins made of platinum as it wants and can assign them any value (laughs) that it pleases. (laughs) Under this scenario, the U.S. Mint could produce, say, a pair of trillion-dollar platinum coins. The president orders the coins to be deposited at the Federal Reserve. The Fed then moves the money into the Treasury's account. And just like that, the Treasury suddenly has an extra $2 trillion to pay off its obligations for the next two years without the need to issue new debt. The ceiling is no longer an issue.
0: Let me see if I've got this straight. So there's some law that lets them mint coins, they put whatever amount they want on them. So for yes. instance, we've I've seen this before where the government will mint uh I don't know if they're silver eagles or what they're called, but they put like a Well, the a, silver eagles under
1: law have to have a certain
0: value on them. Okay, I see. And that value coins, is usually nowhere near what the actual the value is. Gold
1: coins under law must have a certain specified value on them. I see. So
0: platinum coins not
1: so. There is no specified value that is so they can, put on a platinum coin.
0: So they can ma- mint an ounce of platinum, which right now the current price of that like uh, is about $1,600. Sixteen, Okay. And uh, for an ounce. So they mint an ounce of platinum, and they just go ahead and stamp a trillion dollars on that. They
1: could stamp 500 Google dollars yeah. on there, and Google is... A one with 100 zeros after it. And then
0: the Federal Reserve to whom that they owe... Well, the Federal Reserve is the central
1: bank that all federal monies are deposited into... That bank,
0: right? But the federal government owes a bunch of money to the Federal Reserve, right? Because right, the and federal they also Reserve
1: owe a bunch of money to, to China. China and a bunch of other people.
0: So the idea would be they would just coin these, you know, a few coins at a trillion dollars a piece, let's yes. say, and then they would walk over to the Federal Reserve and they would hand these we over. to We want to, to them, put this in our checking account. And then they would, then that supposedly would pay off their debt to the Federal Reserve. No, no, that's not what this is doing. This is saying
1: we're putting this in our checking account yeah and then the loan balance is over here the checking account's over here okay so now we have two trillion extra dollars that we can do whatever with
0: so they're not going to pay off the debts with this no. you're just saying they're going to add it to the budget uh they're not adding it to the but they're
1: adding it to their checking account from whence they write all mm-hmm. of their checks to pay for all the big fancy nice things that they have such as Bearcats and dropping bombs. But be, it would be off-budget somehow? It wouldn't be part of the budget? It would be where the feds would get the money to pay for the overage in the budget. I see. So kind of like a rainy day uh, over. I yeah, see. we're creating a rainy day fund mm-hmm. of $2 trillion. And well, this guy's proposing
4: from? this
0: seriously?
1: Yes. And if and he's you, not the
0: only person who's proposed something like is this? He
1: not the only person. Wow. Eric, uh, or Joseph Gagnon. This I'm, is
0: huge inflation, too. I mean, if they actually do this,
1: right, uh, that's... Actually, they're claiming that this is not inflation. Really? Yes. The uh, Joseph Gagnon of the Peterson Institute for International Economics says, I like it. There's nothing that's obviously economically problematic about it
0: wow it's ridiculous
1: he's being serious when he says this i can't say this with a straight face do
0: they explain why they don't believe this is inflation uh slightly yes and we'll we'll get into that next segment yeah i mean it we definitely need to talk about that 855-450-FREE you can bring up whatever's on your mind 1-855-450-3733 you can take control this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free 855 free It's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control here and bring up whatever's on your mind. That's the point of the program. Why we call it Free Talk Live. And don't forget, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Sign up for our news updates and we'll let you know whenever there's something important that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. And you can sign up for emailed updates. Uh, that'll be the best way for you to receive the most important news about the show. But in addition, you can also find out more uh, through our Twitter and Facebook. You'll be able to receive updates during the show on Twitter and Facebook. Sometimes we'll ask some questions. Sometimes post some show prep. Post some observations. You're welcome to comment back. And sometimes it'll get read right on the air. So go to news.freetalklive.com. That's news free under the mistletoe this year there's only one thing that you should be slipping into your lover's mouth stateless sweets still you like that huh don't you i do yeah stateless sweets delicious handmade all natural candy the holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year so make your calories count with the very best in handcrafted confections chocolate covered pistachio brittle salted honey caramels english toffee and the best fudge you've ever tasted You need this for your holiday parties. Go to statelesssweets.com. It's not too late. You can use coupon code FTL, save 10%, but get your orders in sooner rather than later if you want to make sure you can get these things in time for the holidays here. So statelesssweets.com. They are delicious. Our board operators... I've had the Brittle. It's amazing. I've had some of her
1: caramels. They are
0: amazing. Everybody who has the the stuff raves about it, so uh, you won't be disappointed. Stateless Sweets... Dot com. 855-450-FREE. The proposal on the table, Daryl, to get the federal government some extra spending money, apparently, yep. is to coin some platinum coins... Yes, assign a value to them because of one trillion dollars. Because the government apparently has the ability to just assign whatever arbitrary value it wants to to something that's not worth more than probably about fifteen hundred dollars. Yes, uh, according to the marketplace, because the market assigns values naturally based on supply, demand, purchases. You know, uh, buyers and sellers coming to agreements on terms, and uh, even if the government puts a trillion dollar price tag on these coins that they're going to mint out. And put them on the street to be sold, I can't imagine they would fetch no, much they're more than... No, not putting than,
1: them on the street to be sold.
0: No, I understand that. But if they did put them on the streets to be sold, I can't imagine them fetching too much more than a few times the actual street value simply because of their mnemonic value of... Or not mnemonic, but... Uh, numismatic. Numismatic. Thank you. Uh, a mnemonic is something you use to remember things. Yes. But uh their numismatic value... Because they're so rare, that would be the only thing that would bring their value above the uh, you know. Have you ever gone the standard to the U.S. Mint's website? I have not. No,
1: you can go and look. They have commemorative coins, and the markup is just utterly ridiculous. Oh, I believe that. You know, we're talking almost two top, almost a hundred percent
0: markup Ooh. on some of these things. Wow, people will pay it though. Apparently, yes, people do pay it. But in this case, they're talking about doing this so the federal government can have more money to spend. To
1: avoid raising the debt ceiling. Yes. Got it. So the author of this article on the Washington Post continues, says, in theory, this, the proposal to make these trillion-dollar coins, is much like having the central bank print money. Yes, indeed. But – the U.S. government would simply be using the money to keep spending at existing levels so it wouldn't create extra inflation. What? And and if it did cause problems, the Fed could always counteract the effects by winding down some of its other programs to inject money into the economy. Is the platinum coin option really legal? Apparently so, and it was discussed during the 2011 debt ceiling crisis by hmm. Jack Balkin, a law professor at Yale Law School.
0: Under law... How does this help keep spending at current levels? What, what is that supposed to mean? Well,
1: currently the federal government is running a little over a trillion dollar a year deficit. Okay. Well, Maybe they're
0: spending a trillion dollars more than they have in taxes. Yes.
1: So in order to, you know be able to keep spending at the same levels let's make these trillion dollar coins that way we don't have to raise the debt ceiling or actually cut the budget it's crazy i
0: just don't even understand
1: i know i i'm right there it with you on some sense. of this <laughs> uh so the lawyer from yo Yale- Yale Law School Jack Balkin says, under current law, there's a limit on how much paper money the U.S. can circulate at any one time, Hmm. and there are rules that limit how many gold, silver, and copper coins the Treasury can mint.
0: But this gets around all of that. But
1: there's no such limit when it comes to platinum coins. Wow. It's right there in the U.S. legal code. So, Quote,
0: they can't print out more than a certain amount of money, but there's no restriction on how many platinum coins they can add in. That yes. they can print out.
1: Quote The secretary may mint and issue platinum bullion coins and proof platinum coins in, a, in accordance with such specifications, designs, varieties, quantities, denominations, and inscriptions as the secretary in the secretary's discretion may prescribe from time to time.
0: Oh, sure is nice for them to leave that in a little
1: loophole for themselves. Yes. And then he asked the question, problem solved, right? Well, maybe not. The strategy is hardly risk-free. Opponents could plausibly argue that the original law was intended to set rules around commemorative coins not to finance the operations of the government. And, of course, they could argue that. the political blowback would be fierce. Indeed, even Balkan now says he thinks the platinum coin option is too risky. If Congress can't or won't lift the debt ceiling, then oh, most likely it. the Obama administration <laughs> Why would— Why wouldn't
0: they? Why wouldn't they lift a de- debt ceiling? When have they not? Uh, Never. They've right. always lifted it. Right. So what's what's the big hullabaloo about? Well, like every time it comes now close, the
1: Republicans might actually have balls to support small so? government. government.
0: Oh, even though
1: ever since what they were founded in 1854, <laughs> they've done everything they
0: can to grow it. Yeah, you're you're not serious obviously when no. you're saying that. Okay.
1: No, I'm just saying that that's probably that's but the But they argu- make a big deal out of, of no, it. No, now the Republicans are serious.
0: Yeah, well they make a big deal out of it every time it comes up as though and it's they oh, they always we can't, cave. Oh, we can't let it raise again and then they do. Yeah. Well, there, there's actually a uh, possibility that raising the debt ceiling is meaningless. Hold that thought. Let's go to Zach. He's in Ithaca listening to WNYY. Hey, Zach. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight?
7: Well, this is all reminding me of an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Montgomery Burns sold a trillion-dollar bill destined for rebuilding Europe.
1: <laughs> I remember that one.
7: I mean, this is no less absurd of a... That's a cartoon. This is reality. This is insane.
0: Mm.
4: Indeed.
7: Uh, anyway, like the real issue here has not—it's not the debt ceiling, and it's not anything to do with you know the real expenditure. This is just a big, you know, weird drama that they decided to enact. It's no different
6: than WWF. The end result is all going to be whatever they want it to be. This is just an insane way of distracting people.
1: No, it's actually a lot different than the WWF because I'm actually entertained by watching <laughs>
0: pro wrestling. It is entertaining, I agree. And some of the pro wrestlers are actually liberty-minded dudes yeah, like Glenn Jacobs and, and they
1: actually do blow out a hamstring or tear a quad or something.
0: Yeah, they really are lifting each other up and doing all yeah. those physical uh, feats, so that that's something for sure. Zach, anything else you want to well, share?
7: Uh, well, I like listening to you. I drive a cab. I'm driving around all the time listening to you guys. It's nice to actually participate in the discussion.
6: It's pretty easy to get on your show. I don't know why there's more people to call
0: in. I don't know. I don't know either, man. It's up to them. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. Maybe people think that the phone lines are always packed full and yeah. generally that's not the case here it's a national talk show i'll yeah. never
1: get on yeah i hear people talk about being on hold for three and a half hours on drive
0: yeah well he doesn't actually take calls on
1: fridays he does
0: oh does he free speech after friday free speech fridays after he's done he monologuing like four, for two hours
1: he takes four calls the right. entire
0: show <laughs> After he's finally done monologuing forever, 855-450-FREE, SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can get on even in the remaining moments, which are next. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. Free Talk Live, toll-free number here for you, 855-453. it's is a CAI toll-free line. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts if you make the call now at 855 free, You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. It's free, but it's also you know not free to run this site. It costs money to uh, put up a fancy site like that. In fact, it costs more than I expected. So it's thanks to great sponsors like BuyEmergencyFoods.com is how we can bring such great features to you for absolute free. Uh, BuyEmergencyFoods.com. Make sure you add the S to the end of that. BuyEmergencyFoods.com. They've got... Storable food that's going to last for a long time, I believe 25-year shelf life. It's the Legacy Premium brand, 100% certified, GMO-free, zero MSG, no artificial flavors, and they're the only brand that puts an oxygen absorber in every nitrogen-flushed Mylar pouch there's all kinds of different configurations as far as you know what can you afford there's you can buy a whole pallet worth of food if you want to, but they also have smaller packages for you know the single person who may not be able to afford a you know multi thousand dollar outlay or something like that but for four you know under four grand, you can get a year's worth of food for two adults over two thousand calories uh per day, and so one of the things that these guys do is they actually take you know when they're look when they're comparing themselves to the other companies out there they uh, they're, they're actually looking at the serving sizes they're not just saying well we've got more servings than those other guys because you can call anything a serving Anybody that's ever looked at the nutrition you call information. a tic-tac a serving. You can. Uh, and so that's pretty important. So the amount of calories that you're actually getting in the meal per day, it's the most important factor. And you can go and compare and contrast, and you will see that BuyEmergencyFoods.com has the best deal. Uh, so go and check it out for yourself, BuyEmergencyFoods.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Russell is in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Russell.
8: Oh, hello. Hey. Yeah, I got a question about Bitcoins. Sure. Uh, did you guys hear that I think you, I had a uh, story about Homeland securities checking debit cards at the border?
0: Checking what?
8: You know how they, you You can't take $10,000 out of cash out of the country, right? Okay. They're checking the debit cards, you know, the debit cards to make sure there's not 10 grand on them now. Did how are they
0: able to do that?
8: Uh, I don't think they got it set up yet, but they're setting up card readers. At the borders. You didn't hear this?
0: No, this no. is interesting. I
1: definitely not. Now are heard you talking this. about the prepaid debit cards or are you talking about debit cards that are connected to a bank account?
8: I think connected to I'm not not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't read the whole article. I didn't read the details on well, it. Well, it's
0: certainly but, technically possible for them to do something like this, but generally the way a card, you know, transaction works is that they check uh, the amount that you're looking to authorize for a sale against the account. The account will, you know, return a go-ahead if there's enough money in the account. So in theory, there would be a way to build a program that uh, checks the total balance of the account. I mean, it's it's totally possible for them to do something like this, but it seems kind of silly. I mean, I suppose they could, you know, they could do it, but if what would stop me from putting a card in a FedEx package and then sending that to my destination and, you know, not taking a card with me across the border?
8: That's a good, that's a good question. But um, isn't it, Bitcoins, doesn't they have something like a brain wallet? You know?
0: The brain wallet, yes. Uh, you're talking about where you can memorize a set of words and be able to generate your Bitcoin wallet from those words?
8: Well, I'm asking I don't know this is why I'm asking this
0: question. Yes, well you've okay, so you used a term, kind of the, the uh the buzzword, which is brain wallet, and I think that's what we're talking about here. There's a Bitcoin right. program called Electrum. Uh just to bring our listeners up to speed, of course, Bitcoin's decentralized online currency, not run by any government, not run by any corporation. It's an open source currency and it's pretty awesome. But uh, there are different Bitcoin clients, so there 's the standard Bitcoin client, which is known as the Satoshi client, named after its uh, initial designer, that is kind of a hassle to use because they have to download that client has to download the entire blockchain, which is basically the history of all Bitcoin transactions from the beginning of Bitcoin, and over time that that uh, download just gets longer and longer and longer. And so it becomes more inconvenient. And so I think more people are probably going to move towards clients that don't have to download the full blockchain, that can actually connect to a server that has the full blockchain on it, and so they can still get the information that they need. But this Electrum client is one of those clients where you just download Electrum, you install it, and it runs. You don't have to download any blockchain. You're instantly connected, and it's, it's a lot easier to use this. So it's that
1: like having an online wallet?
0: No, it's not like that at all okay um but it it just uses the blockchain information from a server rather than having it on its local hard drive okay, so it saves you so from you having to, to download what is approximately five gigabytes of data right now uh so you be but able to go to the computer
8: at your destination and get your you get your bitcoins and money from that is well, that what you be able to do.
0: Let me. I have still have yet to get to the. This is a roundabout explanation of the the brain wallet. So Electrum has a feature that uh, the standard Satoshi client does not, which is this brain wallet feature. In that when you create the wallet on Electrum, it'll give you twelve words that you you know in theory commit to memory or write down, keep somewhere really safe. But if you were to lose your Bitcoin wallet, you would be able to regenerate it from those words. If you put those words in the correct order in the into the program, chicken sandwich will, alligator yeah, random spaghetti stuff like pasta elephant. Exactly, that might actually generate you a, a wallet. But uh, anyway, it'll generate the regenerate the wallet. So it's it's an insurance against you losing your wallet somehow, or not you know forgetting to back it up and having your hard drive wiped out, or or something like that. I don't think that answers your question. What was your question?
8: Well, then when uh, you go to your destination, you can get your money, bitcoins or whatever uh when you go to your destination right
0: you could use the brain wallet for that purpose sure i mean it's not hard to take your wallet file encrypt it and then send it you know in an email to yourself or put it up on a Dropbox or a Google Docs. There are several different ways for you to, uh, you know, get access to your money at your destination with uh, with Bitcoin. As long as you have your wallet, or in this case the brain wallet, a way to to regenerate your wallet, yes, your money will be wherever it is that your internet connection is.
8: In words, would this be a way to get money out of the country? I guess you would say.
0: Yeah, absolutely because the money's not in the country anyway. Uh when it comes to or necessarily, when it comes to bitcoins, your money is never where you are. The money is always online. The money is exists in a distributed network. Uh it's basically, you know, a math uh, you know, really I don't know how you know how to best to explain it, but the, Bitcoin's based in cryptography and math and uh, there's nothing actually – there's no money on your computer. There's no money on your cell phone. It's just that you have a program, some Bitcoin client, that allows you to have access to the money that is associated with the wallet file that you have. And the wallet file is basically a set of private keys that uh, gives you access to that money. It basically makes you the owner of the money that – you claim to be yours. If somebody else gets your wallet file, then they'll have access to that money. So you should protect your wallet file as you would protect your actual wallet.
8: Okay, so this is a this is something to keep in mind. I have no money right now, but if I ever wanted to get it out of the country, this would be something to keep in mind, eh?
0: I think it's a fine idea. I think that uh, you know whatever you can do to protect your finances from the dep- you know the people that would deprive you of them uh, is is a good thing. And Bitcoin is a great way to do it because all you have to do to protect your wallet is to encrypt it basically into a TrueCrypt file. If you go online and look into TrueCrypt. Uh, it's a great free encryption program out there. It is not difficult to get a, a handle on how to use this stuff. You're going to have to take some time to learn how to do it, uh, but you know you would want to take some time to learn how to protect your money if you know if if there weren't a bank out there for you to just go to and, and hand it over to. And of course, we all know that if the government comes over to your bank and demands access to your safe deposit box, they're going to get right in. And if the government demands that the bank hand over cash, they're going to hand it over.
8: They're cutting that
0: off, too. So, They're cutting what off? The
8: government's pretty much killing uh, uh, banks. I mean, banks outside the country don't want to deal with U.S. citizens no more.
0: Yeah, they are making it more difficult for uh, for people to get and maintain bank accounts in other countries. You're right about that. Uh, so the Bitcoin is the solution to the global banking system. It is the, the only The only thing that really puts money and the power of uh, convenience in your hands. Sure, you can get gold and silver, and you can hold that in a vault somewhere, or your own safe, or buried in the ground, and that's always valuable. And I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say have all your money in Bitcoin. That's that's always risky to put all your eggs in one basket.
8: Gotta get the the gold out of the country first, right? Yeah can buy the gold when you're out
0: of the country correct you're absolutely right about that bitcoins are instantaneous to transact business uh and they take up no space whatsoever in physical reality so uh getting from one place to another with your bitcoins intact is absolutely something that cannot be thwarted by the agents of the state thanks for the call russell you can go to weusecoins.org to learn more about the bitcoin And uh, Daryl, are you taking bitcoins over at FPP? I am. Excellent. So if you want to hook up with some of Daryl's stuff, like his uh, brand new book, go to Diary of Henry Myers. Go to (laughs) FPP.cc and check out his uh, raffle that he's doing right now for the next couple days. Uh, We'll see you online in the meantime at FreetalkLive.com. Why
3: did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now.
5: I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be.
3: Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I
1: was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it.